To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to a podcast from Newstalk ZB. Follow this and our wide range of podcasts now on iHeartRadio. Newstalk ZB. Newstalk ZB. Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Tuesday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn Hart, and we are looking back at Monday. Um, uh, and on Monday, people thought that it was quite a good weekend, looking back on it, generally. Um, not least of which was because of stuff that happened with the Rugby World Cup. Although I think Marcus is still left a little unsatisfied by it, so we'll find out what his problem is at the end of the podcast. Uh, but first up... Uh, do, do our hosts have a problem with the election result or were they into it? Uh, here's Kerry Woodham. As Simon Wilson says, people who would normally be quite moderate and quite tolerant were like, what, the Dickens? And Simon's like, wow, who knew? We did. <laughs> we knew. Simon Wilson goes on, build light rail, okay, but make sure the existing bus networks are highly functional on existing roads. Reform education, of course, but get kids back into classrooms and do not wreck the universities or the technical institutes. And yes, reform the health system, but the priority has to be the front line. Yes, Simon, we know. We've been saying this all along. Where were you? Where were you in the lead up to the election saying this? This is why people turned against Labour, because they could see all of this ineptitude. Not because they're racist or anti-trans or venal money-grubbing capitalists who want to squeeze more out of the oppressed working men or women. Basically it's because Labour were completely and utterly hopeless at delivering all the myriad promises they made to New Zealanders and when it came down to it, they simply could not deliver what New Zealanders needed and wanted. However, uh, meanwhile, Andrew Dickens is a bit worried that uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lack of experience, there's a lack of depth when it comes to uh, this new crop. News Talk Zbean of new MPs on their way in to their new job. And governance is not like a regular business. Because funny enough, on election day, I'm reading Stephen Joyce's book. It's fabulous. You need to read it to understand what happens in politics, to understand how uh, how he fixed up the National Party, to understand what was wrong with the National Party and how he fixed it up. It's brilliant. But then he also talks about his first day as a transport minister because he was a newbie. He'd been in business, sure. He'd done Jason's and he'd done, done radio works, but uh, he got in as a list and John Key said to Stephen, right, mate, you're the transport minister and ICT. And he walked in there and then he saw the amount of staff he had to deal with and he realized his office was not big enough. Governance is a funny old thing. And you need a little bit of depth of experience and knowledge and that sort of thing. And we have a prime minister who's never been a minister. Simeon Brown's had, this is his third term, never been a minister. It's a thing. You need to know this stuff. True, you know, a lot of the blokes last time had never been a minister either. This is what I'm saying. It's bad for us all, on all sides. And, and I love the quote that says, yes, ministry is a documentary, not a comedy. Uh, so you want to reform the public service, you need to know how the public service works. And they are a big foe. 
Uh, yeah, quite a good point. I, he meant yes, minister, not yes, ministry. Um, kind of, I don't know if that's a, a massively useful reference, current reference. I guess for the News Talk ZB listeners, they remember that show. I don't know if I ever actually watched it. It was almost a bit before my time even, and I'm super old. Anyway. 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. And when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems, a, but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. News Talk Zedbean. Uh, so, yeah, Andrew, a little bit worried about whether anything will change, whether we just flip-flop around from red to blue. Of course, uh, the big, there's still the big question, isn't there? What, coalitions. Or the coalition. Is it, it going to be two-party or three-party? Because we don't want that third party. Nobody seems to want that third party. Why did you vote for that third party? If even one MP goes rogue, that means they only have 61 seats out of 122 seats and... What's half of 122? 61. So that becomes a, a hung parliament. So effectively, they have actually, at the numbers they've got at the moment, only got one seat spare. And the thing is, MPs go rogue. Gaurav Sharma, case in point. Or they misbehave, Kerry Allen, or they quit, Jacinda Ardern. And if that happens too early in a term, you're off to a by-election and then suddenly that one majority is under threat, right? So I would say they almost certainly need Winston Peters and his caucus of eight just to give them a little bit of insurance and a bit of breathing room in case things funny things happen. Now, it is possible, right, that when the specials come in, that they could in fact favour the Natsen Act. It's unlikely, but it could. It could give them maybe increase their majority by one, maybe drop that overhang down so they need less of a majority. But even then, it's tight and it's unlikely because Chris Bishop himself has said that they're actually expecting to lose at least one seat, which makes it more likely they need Winston. So now the question is, will including Winston as insurance make the future government more stable or less stable than just going it alone? Now, I would say in answer to that question, counterintuitively, including Winston actually makes the thing more stable than just National Enact. Because once Winston's in there and he's happy on his jet off to Washington or London as the foreign minister or whatever it is that he wants for his task this term, he generally plays nicely once he's inside the tent. But a government just one seat away from losing a majority is a government that's always at threat of somebody doing something funny. Because basically what it means is that every single MP in National and Act gets to become a deal breaker on anything that they care about. Because all they have to do is threaten to walk away and then the whole government's in trouble. They have too much leverage, too much threat in internal negotiations. So from what I can see, short of something majorly unexpected happening in favour of National and Act... They're going to need Winston. Is it too much to hope that uh, all those uh, special votes when they come in, like every single one, is either for national or for act, and and then they can, they really can leave Winston out of things? I, I just want some settled, some settled weather. You know what I mean? Use talk Zepin. That too much to ask for. Actually, I'm wondering if that's what. Um, Kate's hoping for as well. We weren't short of polls, were we? They seem to all be telling a similar story, but turns out they were all wrong. Worst culprits, obviously, News Hub, where an excited Jenna Lynch breathlessly announced just a couple of days out from the election that the Nats had crashed. 
you know, it really got to the point of crazy at the end there. You know, maybe we all just went nuts because it was such a long campaign. We were all just, you know, delirious by then. But I don't think we as voters were that well served by the so-called non-biased press gallery reporting and by sideshows like whether Chris Luxon believed in dinosaurs. I mean, really? I think what the wipeout for Labour very clearly points to, though, is a rejection of Jacinda particularly in Auckland, where National did so well. I mean, Chloe won the electorate seat of Auckland Central, but Auckland had a massive blue wave. And I actually put Chloe's win actually just down to name recognition and just being a face of Auckland for so long. Mahesh came dangerously close there from the Nats, and I think he'll be a force to be reckoned with next time. He just needs more time and more name recognition. But Hipkins got a hospital pass from Jacinda of the very worst kind. I mean, I felt bad for him in the end. Voters rejected lockdowns and her sneering treatment of them and the fact you know, that her very own Mount Albert electorate is so close to flipping blue for the first time in history. I mean, that speaks volumes about how toxic the Jacinda brand had become. International coverage leapt on it too, by the way. One headline calling it a devastating verdict on Jacinda Ardern as New Zealand votes out Labour Party in bloodbath. CNN said New Zealand shifts right as voters punish the ruling party. And I do think it was the party getting punished and Jacinda more so than Chris Hipkins himself. So look, it's all really on for Luxon now, isn't it? After an exhausting campaign, it now seems the nitty-gritty of the hard work really starts. You know, how he cobbles together his government, who gets what, does he need Winston after all the specials are counted, and how the heck does he make it all work? All I can say at this point is, thank God the All Blacks won. Thank goodness the election campaign is over. Now all we need is just for the sun to keep shining. Well, I mean, this is Auckland, so that last thing is a bit pie in the sky, isn't it? But... Uh... News Talk ZB. Yeah, so she mentioned the uh, the rugby there, of course. Um, so that's uh, going to be exciting. I think I think Marcus wants a little bit more rugby excitement, a little bit more frequently. What's he on about? Rugby when it's close. It's so good. It's so good. And fortunately, we've been gifted with so many close games. It's been fantastic. The games have been great, the crowd's been great, the refereeing's been great, all of it's great. And I suppose the question is, yes please, more to that, and why can't we have it more often? I don't know what the, they're always talking about, I think there's a two, well what's happening with rugby, there's a future, I, I tried to have a bit Google before I came on air because I know they've got plans for something. But, you know, I would like to see the top fair, the top four teams in rankings meet each other every year at least. I'd like to see a quadrangular tournament with Ireland there, with England there, with... Well, of course, Ireland's not the top four, but you know how they are with rankings because those matches, Ireland, France, New Zealand, South Africa, maybe England there in the mix, maybe Fiji. But, yeah, just more more matches that mean something. Because... Yeah, they might they might have grown the other teams, the minor teams, the Portugals, the likes that they might be getting better, they might not, hard to tell. But at the very, very top, the game of rugby seems to be so even now, it just seems to be compelling. We want more of it. I mean, less letters lies, less matches against Australia, they've gone. They'll get back eventually, but it's a while. But we want to see much more, many more games like this, many more, all the time. I want them to be playing Ireland every year. I want to be playing France every year. I want to be playing South Africa every year. Well, it's not that long ago that Ireland wasn't exactly a world powerhouse in rugby. It's only relatively recent that that's happening. And if the other teams hadn't been playing them over those years, then they would have just stayed where they were. Isn't that how it works? I don't know how it works. And also, I thought we wanted less rugby, not more, because we had too much of it. 
Uh, has anybody been paying any attention to what's been going on with the NPC? I, I understand there were some kind of semi-finals that happened over the weekend. I haven't heard anybody mention one word of it. I don't even know who was playing. I assume that there's a final this weekend of some kind, or maybe two. I don't even know how the competition works anymore. So that's happened. Um, I'm Glenn. That has been News Talk Zed Beam. Um, I, I, I usually don't know what's happening, to be fair, about most things. So, you know, rugby's no different. Uh, that's not a sign of anything other than the fact that I don't know anything about anything. And I won't know anything about anything tomorrow. And I think I'll see you then. News Talk, News Talk. Zed Bean. For more from Newstalk ZB, listen live, on air or online and keep our shows with you wherever you go with our podcasts on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.